Welcome to the 24th edition of Make Pro Wrestling Majestic Again. I am unfortunately your former Majestic Champion of the World. And I am going to acknowledge Mothership <laughs> as my tribal chief. Jesus Christ, it took you long enough. So, first, now, before we cover Extreme Rules, there's a lot of talk out there, but... We have another pay-per-view. Yeah! Let's talk about CML 88th Anniversary Show. What an amazing show. So, let's start off with our first match. It was for the vacant Mexican National Middleweight Champion, Tedlario versus Dragon Rojo Jr. Mm -hmm. This was a really good match. It was. I like this match. I feel like it kind of dragged on just a little bit personally. Yeah. But I thought overall it was really good. Um, I think it was probably the weirdest submission hold I've ever seen. It was like a, it was like a sharpshooter kind of, but not really. Huh. But uh, yeah. Tem Templario did win, and it was a really good opener. It's really hard to know because so number one. This was Night of Champions, so we did not know, like, rivalries or anything right. going into this. But what I did like about this is that they gave it time, and it really kind of mm -hmm. shows that CML is looking towards the future. Oh, yeah. And that's what I'm really excited about when it comes to Which is show. really weird for CMLL because they normally don't do this. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm basically curious as to kind of what's going on. I mean, there are a lot of things about this particular show that were interesting. Right. As far as like looking towards the future is concerned, but we'll get to it later on. Absolutely. So our next match was so here's the thing. These championships were vacant because I believe it was Mystico that Who left, left. Yeah. that left the promotion. So, the original match was supposed to be Volador Jr. and Teton versus Misico and Carisico, which would have been awesome, but apparently it didn't happen. Yep. So, it was um, Volador Jr. and Teton versus... Versus Denmark. Denmark? Denmark in mask form. Oh, yeah. They, they wore this gear, and it looked really bad. It was it was a right cross on the on the red background. That's uh, a white cross, red background. Well, but also, no, also, is that Switzerland? That might be Switzerland. I think that's Switzerland. Yes. I think you might be thinking because the because the inverse is red cross. Yes. So this is Switzerland in gear. It was not a, it was not a good look because it was also not. also like the tight part of their gear. Of um uh uh what are they uh Gladiador Diablo or something like yeah. that? Yeah, they had like white trunks over top of red tights, and it looked like they were wearing diapers. Also, they did not do good in this match. No, they did not. Um, God bless Volador Jr. and Teton. They tried to make a good match. They these, did. These two were awesome. Yeah. They're so good, but. Um, the right people won in this match. Yep. It was a destroyer by Volador. It was a double pin. They are the new Triple A World Tag Team. Or CMLL. CMLL. Same thing. They're not the same thing. <laughs> They're legitimately rival promotions. That'd be like you saying WWE and WCW. And and like they're the same thing. No, they're <laughs> not. They're different. These are different, different promotions. And we will talk about this specific promotion. But I will say that you know they did make it into a fine match. It wasn't. It was one. It wasn't great, but it would have been a lot worse if Volador Jr. and Teton were not in this match. Right. One hundred percent. This one was a weird one. So Ultimo Guerrero versus Machetta or. Um, Hesiero, I think it's what it is, for the 
trip or I want I want to say triple It's the CML World Heavyweight Championship. Yes. Yes, I'm sorry. I'm so used to doing Triple A because that's literally the only Mexican promotion that we cover on like a full time on basis. the reg, right? Right. So it was still a it was still a decent match. This, this match, the actually, right guy actually won. Oh, 100. It exceeded my expectations. This guy's really good. Oh yeah. Um, he did like a like a tope, and it looked really good. He was like a bigger guy, and he flew over that rope like it was nothing. Oh my god! Why don't we talk a little bit about some of like the, the Alto, Ultimo repeats, like like the the replay thing? Uh, yes. We'll we'll no the, we'll we'll talk we'll talk about that when we make this shit majestic again. Because, uh, uh, so one hurts one, my head. Right. There was a lot of things. I love CML. I really do. Oh and, yeah. Uh, you know, you'll talk about Ultimo Guerrero on your topic. I will, though. yes. But um, he was mega booed. He oh, was yeah. booed out of the building. But he did lose, and I thought it was not a bad match. No, the right guy won, and mm-hmm. he won with a. It was it was probably the weirdest modified bow and bow and arrow I've ever seen. The one thing I love about Lucha Libre is that there are so many different submissions that mm-hmm. they do, and I think it's really interesting. It's like, yeah. wow, that's a really creative submission, right. and that's what I saw here. And Ultimo tapped. He yep. tapped out. He he voluntarily tapped out, which I thought was good. Once again, not a bad match. All right. So for the CMLL, CMLL, this is for the Mexican National Tag Team Champions, Rey Cormenta and Espinito Negro. Espirito Negro. Espirito Negro versus Akuma and Espirito Junior. I okay. think that's how you pronounce it. I can't read that far away. No, you can't. So, um, the match was not bad. So, the one thing is is that one of them did get injured during the match. He got kicked. I think it was um, Cormenta got kicked right in the right, jaw. Right in the jaw. So, he had to have dental surgery done. Mm-hmm. Um, with CMLL, I don't think this will interrupt the title reign because no. they barely defend the fucking belts. But, yeah. oof. I saw that kick right to the face. Yeah, that it was oof. <laughs> that probably sucked. Yeah. But the match itself was not bad. It was right. a fine match. No, it wasn't that bad. But I believe this was... Um, I believe... Were the titles vacant? I don't remember I'm if not they sure. were vacant. It doesn't it say it on say the card, but, you know, it is what it is. But, you know, there wasn't really anything super memorable on this. I mean, obviously, Cormenta and Negro won. Mm-hmm. Hooray. But there wasn't really like anything to really say about it because yep. we're really excited about the next. At match. the end of the day, the guys, the uh, people that need to win, won. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. We have our final match. This is the main event of a CMLL show for the Mexican National Women's Tag Team Champions, the defending champions, Luvia um, and La Jordestia. La, La Yarokita. Yarokita. Okay, I don't know how you know this. Mick! So, during our break, can you please grab our iPads? I don't know how to read. Well, I have my iPad upstairs. I don't so, want to get my iPad. Just do it. So, it was against these two bitches, and actually, this match was not bad. No, it's not these two bitches. Okay. Let's read their names. Dark um, Slitia. How do you, how do you, how do you spell it? S I L U E T A. Silueta. Silueta. I don't know. And then. Say Ingo Bernable. Ingo Mamable. And Reina Isis. Isis. Same thing. Oh my god. 
You knew who I said. I did. But actually, the match itself, there were actually really good spots. That was actually a really, that was actually an excellent match. There, for, was, a, there was a really cool it cross. Is, it, it exceeded my expectations for what a CMLL women's match would be, let alone, like, this was the main event of their anniversary. It was, it was a really interesting, it wasn't spotty. No. I thought it was paced really well. This there is were, a CML show. CML shows are never spotty. Right. There was a great spot where <laughs> the baby faces, which were the defending champions they did like a cross body off of the entranceway mm-hmm. because they go downstairs um off of that to them and i thought that was really cool mm-hmm. everything felt really organic to the match itself which i couldn't really say about a lot of different things but this one flowed a little bit better mm-hmm. um just overall i wasn't 100 percent sure about them being in the main event up until i saw the match i feel like well i'll make that when i say majestic again but you know what it was a yeah. fun match. I liked it. I thought it was a really good main event. It was. And I think the right people won. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen that kind of submission hold in my entire life. No. So it was like a modified... It was like a Boston Crab on top of a... It was, it was a Boston Crab on a California Dream on top of an abdominal stretch. Both heels tapped out. Yep. Um, I thought it was a really good ending. But once again, the belts are just awful. And I'll make that when we make Majestic again. But, so when we come back, we will not only make CMLL Majestic again, but we'll make Pro Wrestling Majestic again. Excellent. All right, let's make this shit Majestic again for the third fucking time because apparently this won't work. So, number one, um, with CMLL, I have a lot of problems with it. Just, just from the word of go. Number one, this whole night of champions where the fans vote, that's lazy fucking writing. Come on. This was fan voted? This was fan voting. Why wasn't I voting? Just like last year, because number one, so this was actually another problem, is that it was not filmed outside of Mexico. What? I know it wasn't. It wasn't. This yes. was not. This was not meant for us. We got so, this. So, so that means that I could not have voted for this myself. Mm-hmm. I I would have to be in Mexico. It was. It was. It was actually quite difficult to get the pictures that you see here. Because it was a lot of the content was only made for Mexican audiences. Boo! I know. But... That's um, why AAA is better than this shit. I'll be honest with you. That is kind of why. Yeah. Um, so, number one, there are way too many fucking titles. Number two, I hate this fact that this is the 88th anniversary show. This is your biggest show of the year. And we're going to talk about this when we make... Um, when I talk about wrestling lesson of how significant this show is is mm-hmm. a fan vote night of champions does not give this the history that it deserves right this is the lar- this was the longest reigning promotion null event ever mm-hmm. no other promotional event right. in the history of professional wrestling is went oh happen. absolutely but a night of champions fan voting bullshit is not the way to go no it's not do it at any other event not thanks, Ultimo Guerrero. The ass. He's so. This is lazy. This, this is lazy, lazy writing. This is a lazy booking. Now, here's the other thing. Um, with all the matches, I feel like I probably would have been a little more invested, even though I do not understand a lick of Spanish. Right. I feel like if they had some video packages of um each person or at least the challengers, right? I would have been a little more invested into the product itself. Oh yeah, I was not invested at all. No, I didn't. I legitimately. With that being said, there were really good matches on this show. This was there better are. than this was better than last year's by a mile. 
I thought it was a great improvement. Now I don't remember last year. We didn't see any minis. There were no there were no midgets. We will talk about the midgets here in a minute. But with this match, um, the right people were in this match. Mm-hmm. These are the, this is the future of this promotion. Mm-hmm. Um, them going forward, just the national champion. I feel like it's ridiculous. They should be going for the world title because guess what? Their world title's also vacant. Mm-hmm. So them going for the national champion's weird, but the national champion's been vacant for like. Almost a year. Right. So, so who cares? Whatever. Anyways, moving on. Um, I, th- I thought it was constructed well. Um, this is where the mini came in. So the um, mini... The they mini- the monkey! Yes. So the mini blue monkey, which is Jamentio or whatever it is, the mascot of this promotion. This guy is, I am not kidding you, two foot seven inches. My favorite. He's... It was ridiculous that was a highlight of my night that night i literally like looked up and saw this blue thing waddling down to the ring and i'm like what the fuck was that thing i thought it was but i loved it it was amazing he was incorporated a lot in the match um but this was not necessary for that this this match was good by itself oh yeah um i thought the right people won once again and for a match that they had to change on the spot they nailed it. Yeah, they it. nailed it. They, I thought this was a very good match. I thought even the heels, these guys, Diablo, mm. um, I thought they were really good heels. They were booed very loudly. Yeah. And I feel like Volador Jr. Volador Jr. and Teton are just amazing. Right. How WWE or Triple A did not go for these guys, I'll never know. Right. Anyways, moving on. Next match. It's hard not to say anything bad about it. Thank the God. right person won. Thank God. Thank God. God, thank God. We don't need we don't need one of the bookers on the booking committee to be the world champion. The main booker on the booking committee. He's not the main booker. He's is he one, not? Are you sure? He is one of the bookers. <laughs> well, there, was, it is a committee. Well, he was he was a he was a double champ. He was he, he was he's a Hulk Hogan of he CMLL. Had, he had this belt for I think like over a thousand days. Yeah, and thank God he lost it. Right. It was the right call. Um, I thought the match itself was built well. Well, I think it was lost to the right person, too. Mm-hmm. He was very good. Very good. It was a very good match, yep. too. I was very happy. Oh. Oh, Lord. Do we have to talk about this one? There's not really much else to say about it. It was a vacant championship. Well, no, it wasn't, wasn't a vacant. I'm sorry. There, there wasn't a lot invested into this. There really think. wasn't. You know, like nobody really cared. This was this, this was kind of the sleeper. This was a sleeper match, one hundred percent. Um, so once again, please do not kick a person in the jaw because that sucks. Right, and and don't also why was there a fucking midget in? Yo, a hawk? that was it. No, I I totally it was, it forgot was the about midget that. in the hawk's mask. So there was a midget in. I swear to God, just basically his underwear. He walked out there. He was standing on the apron and then on the ringway, and he just left. He made. No significance to the flow of the match whatsoever. At least welcome with, to Mexican wrestling. At least with the purple. At least with the blue monkey, it was involved. Some it was way. so adorable, right? But also the heels attacked the blue monkey because the blue monkey is really popular, right? And also the mascot of Triple A, so they got more heat. CMLL. On it. <sighs> Triple A has no mascots. I am so used to it. Shut up. Leave me alone. Well, I mean, I guess I guess CML is run by a bunch of monkeys, so I guess that makes sense. <laughs> wow. I, I Hey, easy. you know what? Hey, look, we're all monkeys. Just some of us have anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> we are. Um, but, you yeah, know, that, that, that midget made no sense in the context of this match. No. Why was that out there? At least with the blue monkey, the mascot of CMLL, 
it made sense because they got more heat. Right. And also the monkey was involved within the match, so right. at least there was that. It was not the best, but it was there. Yeah. But this, nothing. What was the point? And this match, honestly, I wouldn't have done anything differently. No. I it probably, was a great match. I, I probably it actually was a great main event. Mm-hmm. I was surprised as to how they put this main event, but I saw the match. Mm. I Ooh, can actually, I can actually, great I can, I can actually watch the women's tag division in CMLL in some seriousness. Yeah, I that was they, a great main event. I just, I think they're sleeping on the women's division in this promotion. They're sleeping on a lot of things in this fucking promotion. And we'll, we'll talk about this promotion and the traditions here once we uh, talk about wrestling lesson and heckling. But this was a great main event. It was. But here's the one thing. Across all of them, I kind of wish even they did like some sort of video package yeah. or something that explained it further. Even though I wouldn't have personally understood it, it would have given and, more and context. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that too. We will. Because yeah. apparently there's something from Heckling that we'll have to do with that. But I feel like it would have added additional context to it. Yeah. We're obviously not the people that was meant to watch this show. We did it because number one... It's the anniversary show. We can't go wrong with it. But also, I kind of like covering CMLL. So, when we come back, peanut gallery. We're heckling. We're talking about booking styles. Ultimo Guerrero and the CML booking committee. All right. We are back. Peanut gallery. Let's talk about Ultimo Guerrero. Yeah. So, CMLL, a very well-known promotion. Uh, as far as booking goes, it is legendary for its conservative booking. In fact, it is on it is on par with Big Japan Pro Wrestling as far as Holy how shit. conservative Whoa. this promotion is. That that I'm not I'm not kidding you. Well, like these two are often the conversation with you want conservative wrestling booking. This is one of those promotions, along with Big Japan. And obviously, Tyre Height knows how conservative booking Big Japan Pro Wrestling is. <laughs> it's scary. Um, so anyways, um, CMLL, which is what we're talking about today, is run by a, a consortium of, um, of people known as the Booking Committee. Ultimo Guerrero is merely a member of said Booking Committee. Conflict of interest. Yes, or but but let's talk a little bit because I think there are some redeeming factors with CMLL that make it interesting and actually well respected among uh, major professional wrestling promotions that kind of harken onto his past. Right, and I think the biggest thing that we have to talk about is its conservatism, not only with regards to the matches that they create. But also the rivalries that go up to these matches, and they are very strict about the presentation of the characters on screen. Yep. So I'm going to talk about a couple of different little highlights with these promotions. The first one I think we should talk about is the proliferation of tag teams and trios matches. So go ahead and pull up the trios. Um, and the reason that we we bring this up is because this is how the vast majority of rivalries are booked. We can actually see a lot of this with Japanese promotions even to mm-hmm. this day. New Japan Pro Wrestling is well known for doing this. Even promotions like WWE and AEW, they book these types of matches on regular shows to highlight multiple rivalries at the same time. You know why? It all comes from this. 
Right. This is where this tradition comes from. The six-man tags. Or the the six-man tags, the four-man tags, the eight-man tags. Literally all of CMLL's booking with uh, professional wrestling promotions, or, or um, not promotions, but rivalries, they're all either going to be these multi-man matches or they are going to be interviews. Interesting. They're not going to be from backstage segments. They're not going to be from in-ring interference, and they're not going to be from singles matches. Singles matches in CMLL are actually relatively rare. Rare. Interesting. Yeah. And the reason for that, again, is because of these traditions where, and, and I think this goes back to the way back, when you would use tag team matches to protect the champion in a rivalry. Right. To, to book them in multi-man tag matches or multi-women tag matches to kind of protect the overall health of those people participating in said rivalries. Right. Another thing that makes CML a little bit different is their lack of hardcore matches. So pull up their steel cage because they actually had a steel cage match relatively recently. And I will actually be talking about this part of it within even wrestling lesson because this does it is it is not that common. This for, is very rare. Yes, for a professional. I mean, even today, you you think about hardcore matches in professional wrestling. They don't occur as often as one might think that they do. This is a very rare occurrence within for, CMLL. For CMLL, it is super rare. You know why? Because they're all about that traditional yep. Greco-Roman ground-and-pound style wrestling. It's very traditional. Very. Mm-hmm. Another thing that they are very well known for, we've talked about this. They have 24 championships. Let's talk about the regional championships. So... Here's the reason that they have a lot of these regional championships is that CMLL was founded in an era in which wrestlers didn't really travel a lot outside of their home regions. Right. This is this is very much akin to and if if you're if you're thinking about this, this is literally the NWA. The NWA, they had their regional championships with every little promotion. Right. And then they had their national champions. They had the world champions. This was the same exact thing. But but, people, but but EMLL was a part of the NWA. Right, which is why they retained some of those NWA promotions, those, those the titles. The NWA historic yep. champions. But they retained those lineages. Because to EMLL, of course, their very conservative booking style dictates that they have this these, these titles. So there's like three different layers of this. There are the world champions. There, there are the right. Mexican nationals. There are the Guadalajarans. And then there are the shared promotions with Japan. Well, we're not talking about... so. Well, that's a hierarchy of right. the belts. But, but the, the champions that I have on screen, for example, that is what's known as a regional heavyweight champion. Right. So the Guadalajaran championships, there are three different tiers. There's a heavyweight, tag team, and the secondary or the women's. There's like middleweight, welterweight. It's very traditional right. within and, the weights itself. And within that too, yes, there are... There are uh, weight classes within these promotions. Well, hell, hell, even even the minis. There's the yep. mini Australia and the micro Australia. The micro, micro. Oh, anyways. So, so <laughs> the point being is that the way in which they have these titles hierarchically recognized, 
regionally recognized and nationally recognized are very much akin to what it was beforehand. Right. And we have to understand and recognize that that is very important to this particular promotion because of how old it is. Right. This is a promotion where if you truly change anything, it changes everything. Right. And it's hard to do that, and that's why... um, that's why the guy who did Triple A left the promotion because he really wanted to change that, but they didn't want to because mm-hmm. it's been around since the early 30s. And and I've talked about this before where we've had younger guys leave and form their own promotions because of the way they've been treated. I mean, this is a Cinderella story that's been told thousands of times within the professional wrestling community. You know, just... Everything from Triple A to even AEW, I can argue that AEW was founded because people were frustrated with the direction of creatives, which right. is fu- all well and good. The the point being is that I think that there is a there is a place definitely for a promotion like CMLL to thrive, and and I think. That they're the key to their long term success, in my opinion, lies in them doing something very similar to what NWA is doing. I want your thoughts on this. I think that CMLL has its place as one of those promotions that leans on their past, but also does things like, um, Highlighting the women for the women's champion match, for example. Here's my thing with uh, as accordance to do you do you think that they're do you think that they there's are a, there's, the Mexican there's, equivalent of NWA? There is a definite place for this, 100. percent But here's my thing: the only thing that I would really wish they would do more distributed is a national audience base, because I feel like there are a lot of people around the world that do crave that very traditional wrestling. Mm-hmm. And of how old CML is, they can really capitalize on that traditional opportunity right. that even um, a company like NWA has done. Yeah. And people respect it immediately. And I think CMLL is really wasting a big opportunity there because not only do they have that global audience reach because they have so many different people that went through this mm-hmm. fucking promotion that you would consider to be not only Lucha Libre legends but wrestling legends, but also they own the building that they actually promote in. Yeah, There is no other company that has that other than maybe um, AEW, but they don't even do it out of there all the time. Right. Arena Mexico is owned by the CMLL. Yeah, it'd almost be like Madison Square Garden being owned by WWE. Right. Now, it's like, oh, what about Daly's Place? Yeah, but AEW doesn't do all their stuff out of Daly's Place. That's the difference. Um, They do everything out of this arena. Every single show. So I I feel like they're really wasting a big opportunity there. But... I do in a way I do in a way um, appreciate and I think it is actually very charming there, there of is, that traditional right. manner. There there is a place for it within mm-hmm. Mexican promotion, especially 100%. within Mexican tradition. One hundred percent. There and is. It, I think capitalize on that. I, I I think there could even be a global audience for that traditional Mexican style too. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think so. And especially with their um with their working relationships with like your Ring of Honors and your New Japan's, it's something to really capitalize oh, yeah. on. 
I mean, where do you think Roosh and um, Dragon Lee came from? They didn't come from Triple A. They came from CMLL. Right. So it's something to really think about. So when we come back, um, do you have anything else to no, say? No, I got nothing else to say. I thought it was interesting, uh, interesting yeah. little tidbit there. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, when we come back, we'll not only we'll talk about wrestling lesson. We're going to be talking about the anniversary shows of CMLL. All right.
All right, let's talk about CMLL's anniversary show. So, the original promotional name for this. So, I will use these interchangeably because there is a lot of emphasis on EMLL, mm -hmm. which is Empresa Mexicana de Lucha Libre, which is in Spanish, I am not kidding you, for Mexican Wrestling Promotion. That was literally the original name of this. But now, with... Um, the new name, Quasetro Madral de Lucha Libre, it's actually World Wrestling Council in Spanish. Consentio Mundial de Lucha Libre. Oh my God, heaven forbid, you, can pr you can't pronounce Ingo Bernable, but every other Mexican name you could possibly think of, you can pronounce it immediately. So, the show commemorates its first show run by EMLL, which happened on September 22nd, 1933. Let's just really think about that age. 1933. There has only been one year. That was that was five years before my grandpa was born. Mm -hmm. One year. They did not have an anniversary show, which we'll talk about here in a moment. And that was in that was 2020, wasn't it? 1985. Oh. They actually had one in 2020. Mm -hmm. So um, this is their WrestleMania equivalent right here. This is their anniversary show, which is why I gave a huge emphasis on why they're doing just a night of champions where anybody can vote. This is like if Triple Mania just said, just tell us what the matches should be and we'll right, book exactly. it. No, I want rivalries ending. I want right. a big thing. We've watched anniversary shows that were huge. And this was not right. it. But it wasn't. Because, it. because I just know. So every single, every single anniversary show for CMLL happened in Mexico City. And it always happened in a venue that they either owned or they had a majority stake in, which we'll talk about more in that. With its history, since the beginning of 1934, this is the oldest running Mexican or professional wrestling show in existence. There's only been one year, which we'll talk about here in a moment. But we'll need to talk about really about CMLL because there's a lot of history within CMLL that I feel like needs to talk about. The first anniversary show happened on September 22nd, 1934. When the company was called EMLL, and the venue was Arena Modelo, which was the same location as Arena Mexico, but they tore it down and rebuilt it um, very much years later in Mexico City, Mexico, which is actually on a good part of Mexico City, by mm -hmm. the way. So, uh, I mean, I wouldn't mind going there and watching a show there. From 1934 to 1936, EMLL rented this arena for this show. Noise. And they also rented it for all of their shows. But in 1944, nice. they began holding their anniversary shows in Arena Cosiaro, which is um, uh, the Coliseum. Okay. Um, an arena that they personally owned. So it took until 1944 for them, for them to do that. Mm -hmm. From 1944 through 1955, EMLL held their anniversary show in the Coliseum. Traditionally, EMLL or CMLL held their major events on Friday nights, mm -hmm. replacing the regularly scheduled Super Veneros show, mm -hmm. which happened at that same time. On the day of the anniversary show, EMLL owner Salvador Lutero, which we'll talk about, won 40,000 pesos in a Mexican national lottery, allowing him to purchase the building. That they did the show. Yeah, I heard about that. I think that actually was their um, the anniversary of that was not too long ago, if I'm not mm -hmm. mistaken. Yep. 
Um, and if they he built he bought the building, um, uh, Arena Modelo, and started to renovate the building because it was very outdated even at that time, and primarily used non and also the first main event at the EML first anniversary show was main evented by non-Mexican wrestlers. Hmm. One of them was an American, and the other one was a Canadian. Hmm. And actually, Salvador primarily used non-Mexican wrestlers in his main events. This was actually a booking style that he used huh. because they viewed it as exotic. So that's why it was a main event, huh. not a general show, because... They would, because they would have all the Mexican wrestlers wrestle all the time anywhere right. else. It was like he brought in the biggest and best wrestlers from all over the world right. to do their anniversary show, and that's why they were the main event. Interesting. Hmm. The first anniversary show only had three documented matches that were confirmed mm -hmm. by CMLL and most wrestling historians. The main event was Tigre Ray Ryan, who is from the United States, taking on Sage Bernet, which is a French-Canadian wrestler. And also, um, we also have to talk about a huge, huge debut. This guy has a black mask. He is known as the Masked Marvel. He is very important within the significance of Mexican wrestling history because he's the... Huh. He is the first Mexican wrestler to wear a mask. Really? The first one. Right huh. here. His debut was at EML first anniversary show. Noise. He won a battle royal, and he popularized this. A total black mask. And he wasn't even that good. <laughs> okay. But he is his promotion. And what this man did... Honestly, I, I feel like we have a huge debt of gratitude to own to this man. This is Salvador, by the way. Yeah. The, the father of Mexican wrestling. Oh, yeah. He built Arena Mexico that we know of. Right now, Arena Mexico is known as the cathedral of Lucha Libre. Yeah. And I think it's justified. Oh, yeah. It is a cathedral. It is the. If, if you are a true Mexican wrestling fan, if you're a true professional wrestling fan, let's be honest. Yeah. You gotta go to Arena oh, Mexico. Absolutely. And you know when shit opens back up, Peanut Gallery and I will go to a CMLL show. I, I, pray, I pray towards that five times a day. I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's an interesting thought. So, um, there were a couple of different things happening. So, um, there were a couple of different matches and stuff throughout the um, things of EMLL. Mm -hmm. But the problem is, is that um, recording within EMLL was not great at that time. So, there were maybe one or two matches. But... On the 10th anniversary show. Was was that as bad as uh, WWE tonight? Not as bad. <laughs> they, 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 they booked four or five. They booked eight to ten matches, but they only recorded like one or two. Ah. Because these are undocumented. Ah. And there's no reason why there's not. But there was one match on the EMLL 10th anniversary show that was very significant for multitude of reasons. Number one, there was only one documented match that was confirmed by many wrestling historians. Mm -hmm. But also, this was the first anniversary show to take place in Arena Cusiato. Mm -hmm. First one. EMLL's new main building replacing 
or that was replaced by the now Arena Mexico. Same property. But the main event was the earliest bet match. The first um, Lucha de Estrella match. Uh, apuestas. Apuestas. Which was featured by Blue Demon Jr. taking on one of his main rivals, I can't remember the name, in a mask versus hair. Nice. That was the first recorded Lucha what de year, Apuestas. What year was this? This was in 19... This was the 10-year anniversary, so that was... 1935? 1935, yeah. Thank you. Okay. Now, the 20th anniversary had the first main event by two icons in not only Lucha Libre legends, but in Mexican wrestling lore. In, huh. in, in folklore. It, this is how big this is. This is literally like if Hulk Hogan faced John Cena right now. Okay. This was the first match between Blue Demon and... El Santos. Nice. For the Mexican National Middleweight Champion. Hmm. This was two out of three falls, and Blue Demon won both falls. Huh. And it was an hour and 15 minute match. Jesus. But it really cemented this because this rivalry went on for decades. Right. But this was their first main event. Hmm. And they built this. Because originally this was a tag. Right. Blue Demon and I think it was Black Panther and Blue and um El Santos right. beat Black Panther in a mask versus mask right. and took off his mask. So Blue Demon, even though him being a heel, got his revenge right. on the folklore esque El Santos. Right. And I don't think people realize how big these two are. Or were. Right. I mean movies comic books, right. television appearances. I mean, these two were mega stars yeah. back in the 30s. Amazing stuff. So, the 21st anniversary show had one documented match that Jesus. happened. One. There was a full card, but only one match that even meant anything. This was the first recorded Super Libre match. You talked about this, that there weren't a lot of matches that were no disqualification. This was the first no disqualification match hmm. in CMLL history at this point. Huh. And, oh, wrong picture. It, it featured Gory Guerrero. Nice. Eddie Guerrero's father. And well, his, it was the... Uh... One of the one of the he he wasn't he was the brother of Chavo Guerrero Senior, but no, he, he was a father. Not, he was a father. He was a patriarch of the Guerrero family. Yes, um, Chavo Classic. He was the firstborn of uh, Gore. Right. and 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 then Eddie, Eddie was Eddie, the Eddie, younger Eddie, brother Eddie. who happened to be around the same age as the grands. Yeah. Yep. That's what was going on there. It was a crazy history. Maybe I'll do like a thing it was, about it the was, Guerrero It was the, the patriarch of the Guerrero. But um, his opponent, who is actually pictured here, Cavendillo Galio, this match ended in a no contest. Because actually, both of them could not compete. Wow. They lost so much blood, and it was one of the bloodiest matches in CML history. Or EMLL at this time. Well, EMLL at this time. But it was so bad 
It was so violent that Galindo suffered a throat injury. Jesus. He had to go to the hospital for an emergency tracheotomy. God. But he also could speak, but he spoke with a um, very graggly rasp for right. the rest of his life. Jesus. But this cemented this history because these guys also had that kind of bloody history. This was the first main event right. of these two. But this this was a brutal match. Right. And it really cemented their legacies because Gory Guerrero is also known for these kinds of matches. The 23rd anniversary show, and that's also very important. Mm -hmm. It was the first um, anniversary show that was under the newly constructed Arena Mexico. Mm -hmm. It had 17,000 678 spectators and there was only one documented match it was a lucha de apuestas mask versus mask between el santo and el gladiador i'm going to assume that you know who won that el santo thank you <laughs> el santos only showed his face once in his entire life uh -huh. and that was i think three days before he died yeah he did a mess he did an appearance and then three days later, he was sitting on a park bench, had a heart attack, and died in the middle of a park. Hmm. Kind of a crazy ending to him. EMLL's 23rd anniversary. Oh, that was that's what just what we said. Sorry. The oh, first geez. anniversary show under the CMLL name, because they actually wanted to do a global outreach, right. was the 59th anniversary show. And that had... Uh, that was on September 18th, 1992. And there was not really anything important that happened. It was just because it was the first one under the CMLL name. And it's been that way ever since. All right, great. Let's move on. Now, I do want to talk about the one year that did not have an anniversary show. Okay. For one reason only. The show was supposed to go on on September 20th, 1985. But... Earthquake. On, on September 19th, 1985, an 8.0 magnitude earthquake struck the heart of Mexico yep. City and two aftershocks, yep. both of them reaching 7.5 magnitudes. Yep. Um, 412 buildings collapsed. Yep. And another 3,123 were severely damaged with thousands of yep. deaths. I think, I mean, the range was very vast. I couldn't really determine, but it ranged from 3,000 to I think the most that they said was like 30,000 people died. Yeah. Um, with this earthquake, huge event. Like yeah. this was the huge thing in the 80s. Yeah. But um, I could not find any information on the damage of the of um, arena, not only Arena Mexico because it didn't exist at this point, but arena, um, yes. uh, the Coliseum Arena, right. because that was before. I could not find any information regarding the destruction of that building. But happening so close, I mean, so much damage. I would be surprised if at least there was something. I do know that they did a show after. So they did a show in 1986 where one of those aftershocks did occur. I think it was in April. Mm -hmm. So obviously it wasn't enough damage to justify it taking down because there was only been three arenas that um, the anniversary show has gone through. 
Right. And I think here's the thing. I could literally do a whole episode on CMLL's anniversary show because there's so much amazing history packed yeah. into this. Because a show that's been around since the early 30s mm -hmm. has so much. This is just some highlights mm -hmm. of the show. And I didn't want to make this be too long. So, um, Pingo, do you have anything else to add on behalf of this segment? No. Okay. So when we come back, we're going to talk about extreme rules. So stay oh, tuned Lord. for that. All right. Let's talk about extreme Nick. rules. All right. Let's talk about our first match. It was on the regular scheduled show, but they went... You they mean, went to the pre-show. You mean it was the pre-show. Well, no, they went to the pre-show. I'm sorry, I got distracted by text. Um, where is it? It's, I, it's Liv Morgan and Carmella. Yes. So this was on the pre-show. Fuck. This match was really poor. What was most entertaining to oh, me? Oh, yes. So so let's let's talk about that. What was most entertaining to me was the fact that the Spanish commentary was over it the entire time. Also, this was not WWE's fault. Inter inter international people did not hear yeah, this. Yeah, no, it was Peacock. Peacock, I swear to God. At this point, anytime that I watch this, I'm like, ooh, how is Peacock going to fuck this shit up, honestly? Um, it was so distracting because Carmella cut a promo. I did not hear a damn word that she didn't said. Didn't really care. The, the, entire, the, the entire premise is fucking rivalry is on the fact that Carmella does not think that Liv Morgan is pretty enough. I am sorry. Was this a women's revolution? Women's revolution, I'm ladies and gentlemen. I'm fucking sorry. Fuck this rivalry. <laughs> fuck it. <laughs> Who the fuck cares if you are fucking prettier? My fucking God. <laughs> this, this entire fucking match, it was decent, but fuck the lead up to this. Fuck. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel, Peanut Gallery. <laughs> You're so upset. Oh, shit, that's about to fall. All right, well, I'll, I'll mess with that here it's in a minute. It's about to fall like the WWE so Empire any, is. So, so anyway, um, Car or, um, Liv Morgan won with the face buster thing. Um, I couldn't pay attention to it. All right, so our next match. We didn't have a graphic for this because they made this show during the pre-show, or the this match during the pre-show, excuse me. It was the New Day versus Bobby Lashley, AJ Styles, and Omos. This was an excellent. It was it was an excellent match, but fuck, could they have not have built something? No, Bobby Lashley. They can't. So they had time for they had time to build Liv Morgan versus fucking Carmella, but they didn't have time to build this majestic match. Um, here's the thing. They had Bobby Lashley and Randy Orton for the WWE Champion scheduled for Extreme Rules until Big E won. Could they have not have built something? There were like two No, they can't. They're too busy. There were two weeks. Carmella and Liv Morgan are both on SmackDown. They could have built that on Raw because all of them were Raw stars. <sighs> no, they, they they had to have Eva Marie and Dewdrop wrestle a couple of times. Fuck Eva Marie <laughs> and Fuck do drop. <laughs> oh, oh, also, we should probably talk a little bit about their fucking cancer awareness thing. Do the V. Well, we'll, we'll talk about that when we make Majestic, when we make Pro Wrestling. Do the V. 
We'll talk about that when we make Pro Wrestling with Jesse again, okay? Let's talk about the match. Um, I thought they, they paced this really well. They gave this huge amount of time. Too, they did. Which I loved. It was like 30 minutes, and I loved every minute of it. And honestly, I was sitting there. I'm like, man, I really hope I don't have to make, um, well, Penny Gallery made dinner. But I'm like, oh, man, I really hope Penny Gallery doesn't miss this match because it was a really good match. It was a good match. It was a great match. Also, um, French comp. So, okay, before this, um, Spanish commentary went through and totally distracted us on that, right? So they fixed that before he got there. But during this match. And it went to French. (laughs) Let's learn Spanish. Okay. (laughs) Let's learn French. Oh, God. But anyway, just, just for the sake of it being a review, Big E hit the beginning on Bobby Lashley for the win. And they also announced later that there will be a WWE Championship match that will open up Raw next week. My fucking God. And it will be, obviously, Big E versus Bobby Lashley, which will probably be really Fuck. good. It'll be, it'll be really good. But anyway, next match. All right, let's, let's set up something proper. The Usos defending the SmackDown Tag Team Champions against the Street Profits. This was, once again, a great match. It was a fantastic match, but what the fuck? What do you mean? What the fuck was this rivalry going into it? Jesus. The Street Profits. The Street Profits no-sold their injuries. Well, Montez Ford kind of sold it, but I feel like there's still not enough experience to do that kind of selling of the injuries because he still did a lot of everything. I understand that, but still, fuck. Mm. I was agreeing with you, but I'm just saying that that was very minuscule to how good this match was. It was still a fantastic match. But you can't go wrong with a Street Profits and an Usos And also, if you guys are complaining about the double super kicks and the double splashes, I'm sorry. Are they on Wednesdays now? Are these assholes on Wednesdays now? Unfortunately, I think the Usos want to be on Wednesdays. I I think they want to be on Wednesdays. I don't know about you, but if you really want me... if you really So I don't want any more WWE marks... Talking about how the if you, if how you, the fucking elites and the young bucks do too many super kicks because I'm sorry it happens here too. Right, it just does. If if you want my grapefruits to become raisins, you book an Usos versus Young Bucks match. Come on, that match would be fucking amazing. And this match was once again fucking amazing. It, it was. was a really good. It match. was an amazing match, but it was just, it was no soul too much. Too many spots for my liking. We'll just move forward. A little rough around the edges. Yeah. I, like, I, I like a little rough around the edges. I, I, I go I go into a WWE match not expecting as many spots as AEW because I know that AEW is going to be a spot fest. Like from top to bottom. I can get that. But with WWE, I expect but more of a the, ground pound style. But it, it was a double splash and Usos did retain the titles. I think that was the right call overall. Oh yeah. um, it was just a really good match. Thumbs mm-hmm. up 100%. It was great. I have to mentally prepare myself for this bullshit that we just saw. Charlotte Flair versus Alexa Bliss. Can you make sure that she doesn't go off? I don't care at this point. Well, Fuck. I don't, I, don't, I don't want her to start screaming at us. For the Raw Women's Champion, um, I did like... It was a fine competitive match. Oh, my God. It was so bad. The only thing that I liked was the ending. Um, Charlotte won. With natural selection. And Peanut Gallery is in there. It's like, oh, they're in Columbus. Alexa Bliss is going to win because this is their hometown. Are you kidding me? This is WWE. Nobody wins in their hometown in WWE. Come on. 
That'd be well, way too, I, was, be, I, was, I was being optimistic. You're being extremely optimistic. But what I did like, what I did like is that Charlotte... I, 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 really, I, really, hope that, I really hope that Bliss just drops this whole bullshit. I think so. No, I think so. Because Charlotte destroyed Lily. She destroyed Lily in the middle Thank of the ring. fucking God. That was, the, that was the one redeeming factor. Number one, once again, a highly competitive. I thought it was a fine match. But I think the ending saved it. Because can, can, can Bliss just go back to her old ways? I think they will. I think they're trying to phase this thing out. And Thank I think, God. Because fuck this. Unfortunately, I probably would have done this a little bit better and built another star because Charlotte didn't need to ha- do this. Right. But, you know, I'll, I'll talk about that when we make Pro Wrestling Majestic again. Uh, the match itself was fine. Um, <sighs> it was very skippable. They'll yeah. Most likely... They will most likely have a rematch, but hopefully we won't have this Alexa Bliss anymore. Right. All right. A this match was not an Extreme Rules match. What the fuck? I don't know why it was. Fuck. All right. So it was Sheamus, Damian Priest, Jeff Hardy, Triple Threat for the United States Champion. If this match was... I was so disappointed that this, that this was not like a ladders match or a tables match or something. Even even if it was a chairs match, I would no, have been okay with it. No, it. it should have been... It would, be, it would be the perfect ladder match. I think so. But the match itself was good. It, I was, it was a good match. It was a great match. match. Um, just, it was so... It was, it was very every, generic. Everybody looked strong. It was. And even when Sheamus did lose, it was like by like roll-up bullshit... Which I thought was fine because everybody looks like a top contender. Once again, here's where WWE has the secondary champion having great title matches on pay-per-view. Right. Where people are going to talk about this. Right. They're like, oh my god, did you see that United States title match? It was really fucking good with Jeff Hardy, Damian Priest, and Sheamus. Right. But then you have Big E, who's the WWE champion, and a six-man tag. Good, but you put the title on the line at a pay-per-view. You have that you have that six man tag on Raw, right? And guess what? If you have that kind of quality match, last thirty minutes of Raw, you know people are going to tune in for that shit. But apparently they don't want to beat AEW, right? Right. Because apparently they're not in competition, right? Right. That's what. That's why. That's why Diamond and I beat Raw like twice in a row. Right. That's fine. Whatever. Anyway, um, speaking of this match, it was a really good match. I thought it was paced really well. Yeah. Jeff Hardy, even though he was kind of shoehorned in here, he felt right at home. Mm-hmm. And I know Pena Gallery thinks that Jeff Hardy should be in the main event. He should. But at least he's in a title match somewhere within the company. I didn't say he did. I, I said that maybe he... Well, here's my theory is that maybe he leaves WWE, goes to AEW, and then he forms a faction mm-hmm. with the likes of Darby Allin and Sting. Yeah, and but, 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 like but, he, but he signed a multi-year extension. So, I know. you know, do what form, he can. Form this anti-Hardy family office. Or, you know, I have a lot of theories and fun things. And this, this, is, this, is for, this is better for him than going after the 24-7 chain that they did for a week. That's true. And people got really upset about it That's because true. it's Jeff freaking Hardy. That's true. He doesn't go for the 24-7 champion. He doesn't. He goes for big boy belts. Right. Like, seriously. He puts on the big boy And pants. unfortunately, here's where WWE has no respect for these guys, but we'll talk about that when we make Pro Wrestling Majestic again. But God damn it. This was a great match. Obviously, the right person won, I think. Damian Priest. They 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 love this guy. Oh and yeah, I'm so happy about it. This guy's great. They are they they are so wet. And punishment Martinez is so funny, and also he's really good. Yes, he's excellent. Well, we, we knew this, <laughs> right? 
All right, peanut gallery. Oh, no. Peanut gallery. Why do you have a pay-per-view match ending in a fucking disqualification? All right. I'm just going to mute him. So. <laughs> Nick! So, um... I'll... I hate you muting me. Don't you dare! So, um, our next match was... Fucking fuck. I'm so mad. So, for the SmackDown Women's Champion, Bianca Belair t- took on the champion, Becky Lynch. Go yeah. Ahead. Um, so, it ended in a disqualification... Sasha Banks returned out of nowhere. Yep. And I felt like it was a wet fart in church because, like, why is she going for the SmackDown Women's Champion? She's totally and then, unreliable. Oh, oh, and then you realize that because Becky Lynch's heel turn failed miserably. Well, they tried their best, and Becky Lynch is trying her best to do it, but I'm sorry. What got Becky, Becky Lynch? Becky Lynch is not a heel. She is an anti-hero. She yeah. is always going to be a face. Even with but, the but, heel but, tendencies. But, but not a baby face. Right. She's a face, but not a baby face. So why do you try to make her a heel? She's Nobody a, cares. She's a badass. She's just a badass bitch. Right. That's what we want, and that's what people were waiting for. And so guess what? They had to bring in an actual heel in Sasha Banks. Right. To do this. This is what they did. And right. so guess what? Because nobody wants to boot Becky Lynch. Right. I don't want to boot Becky Lynch. She's bae. Right. She's a and, and so And so, and so, goodbye, <laughs> Bianca Belair. Hope you had fun with the SmackDown Women's Champion. I think Fuck she'll you. still. I think she'll still. I think she'll still be in the main event. I'm she'll sorry. she'll still be in the title picture of the month. But who fuck cares? Fuck this match. Let's move on. <laughs> God. Um. Obviously, Becky Lynch is all champion. Uh, Sasha Banks attacked both of them. I thought the match itself was fine. It was fine, but fuck the storyline, man. Fuck. <laughs> fuck. Fuck. <laughs> All right. I am going to try to not hyperventilate as a result of the finish He's of this match. He's going to hurt himself. So, I am in having aneurysm. Roman Reigns and the Demon Finn Balor in an Extreme Rule match. The only one on this show for the Universal Champion. The match itself was fine. But... Until the finish. All right. So, um... The Usos tried to interview with Balor. Fuck the finish! So there was a bunch of people out. So there was like a little pump, and Finn Balor started humping the like the floor, right? And it was like, oh, that was his heartbeat. It's like there was a way to do that other than him like butt fucking the floor. They 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 fucking. And then he gets up and starts doing shit. And so they, they had a... no 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 they 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 turned the lights red, <laughs> and. And and they started playing his theme song. He got me so offended. <laughs> right before the finish. And so so apparently he was. And, um, and then and then and then he was, he, he hold was on, on hold on <laughs> let me let me give you every excruciating detail. <laughs> new new Jack is proud. <laughs> and then what happened was he did a couple chair shots against Roman Reigns. While keep in mind the fucking theme song was playing. I'm the talking about time. Finn the Finn Balor. Demon theme song was playing. <laughs> the entire time. The entire time. And the lights were red. Well, once again... Um, the lights were... <laughs> just shut up. The <laughs> lights were red. And then... 
<laughs> this it gets up the top rope. And the fucking top rope breaks in half. And then Finn Balor gets speared and Reigns pins him clean. <laughs> Can't wait to see a New Japan Finn. I'm excited. <laughs> Why this gentleman, Finn Balor, Prince Devitt, is still with this fucking company, I will never know. <laughs> Why in the fuck would he have to put up with that shit? So what do we? <laughs> so yes, Reigns won. Um, nothing, nothing happened after. So uh, when we come back, peanut gallery. Let's not only make Extreme Rules majestic again, but make pro wrestling. There's no redeeming Extreme Rules. <laughs> I think there is. There's so, a D minus. Well, we'll 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 be back. All right, peanut gallery. Let's not only make. Extreme rules, but let's make pro wrestling majestic again. So here's what I would do first. No, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's do it. Let's do a per match in the order that I have the pictures up. Well, no, this is just a general thing. I okay. think that everyone within the creative writing uh, thing should should be hung. Oh my god! <laughs> you get the good old fashioned like Jesus you get Christ, the good old fashioned nooses and and all the rafters and everything, and you have a public hanging because this is this is this is what it felt like to me. It felt like a hanging. Jesus Christ! I, I felt like I got hung. Um, once and again, then the next the next pay per view is Blood Money Four. Here's here's my thing. So fuck, I, I agree with you that there's too many writers. Um, I feel like I, I, I gave I gave this whole show the benefit of the doubt, and I enjoyed the it wrestling. Much. The wrestling was fantastic throughout. Okay, good, acceptable. It was, but a, it was just it was it was laced and just dog now, crap. All right, here's here's my thing with this match. Out of combine this, out of combine this match with another one. Wait for Bianca Belair and Becky Lynch for a bigger event. Have them go against each other at Survivor Series or the Royal Rumble. Never going to happen. Not going to happen. I would have done, if, if you want me to be honest with you, and I know you may or may not have liked it, but I would have done Becky Lynch and Liv Morgan for the title. What? You're kidding. I'm not kidding. Ugh. Liv Morgan? She was very popular. She has a personality of a banana. Well, because WWE's not giving her an opportunity to have a I didn't say that she didn't have personality. It says that she has a personality of banana. I said that she's not given the opportunity to show her true personality. Well, that's fine, but half the roster isn't. Exactly. That's not her fault. I know. They, 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 they started building her well, and then they cut her legs out because Bianca Belair. Mm-hmm. Bianca Belair doesn't have to be on every pay-per-view. And then you do this match, it's like, oh, okay, well, then you're going to have a rematch in the next pay-per-view. I don't care. I don't. Well, they are. It's going to be a triple threat match, unfortunately. It's going to be a fucking... I would, rather, I would rather have that triple threat match at, like, Royal Rumble or WrestleMania. They're That's not going to do, do that. that of no. course not. They're going to do it at fucking Saudi Arabia. Yeah, they're going to do it in fucking Arabia. Blood Money 4. I wouldn't have done a damn thing different with this match. I loved this match. Jeff Hardy earned his way into this match, and I thought the match itself was really good. It was, it was okay. I liked it. I, I honestly couldn't have thought of anything differently with this match. I thought it was good. I thought it was a really good match. Thank God. Please end, end this Alexa Bliss gimmick once and for all. Please end this. If, if this is how you end it, this whole thing is worth it. Let's for have, the love of God, 
writers end this fucking sh- What the fuck is this, man? So, end, end of the demon Alexa Bliss and character. End Alexa Bliss's character this, as the demon. Is, I want her to go back to what she was. Let's have Charlotte Flair take on badass, five foot of fury Alexa Bliss like back right. in the day. And I'll watch that all day I'll watch long. that a million times. Put on a 30-minute match for that, I'll watch the Absolutely. whole fucking thing. And we didn't even say this match was bad. And honestly, with Charlotte destroying Lily... That's it. I hate this character. It's I have done. always it's, it's, it's done. hated. I love Alexa Bliss, but I hated this character. For it was her. it was a lot better when she was with with Bray the Wyatt, theme, right? Because right. guess what? And it goes back to my thing about gimmicks. Yeah. When you take out one part of the gimmick, the whole gimmick is ruined. Yeah. This gimmick is done. It, it's it was done. Dead. It's over. Over. O-V-E-R over. Dead. And luckily, Charlotte ripped up Lily. It's done. Perfect, perfect transition. Yeah. That's it. I hope, and they, I hope they, 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 they it. even they even hinted that this is a stolen gimmick, and I want to yeah. see the badass Alexa back. I want to see badass Alexa. Let's have Charlotte versus Alexa Bliss again, but badass Alexa at Survivor Series. Boom. It's not gonna happen. It's be it's it's, it's gonna be champion on champion. <sighs> Whatever. You know how it is. I know. Or even the Royal Rumble. Wait until Royal Rumble. Right. For or, the or shit. Whatever. Or cool. Saudi Arabia. I don't care. I don't want Saudi Arabia. I just don't want Saudi Arabia in general. Uh, so can we can we pretend that the last like five minutes of this match does not exist? I really wish I could, but it didn't. It. Fuck the last we had, five we had, we had Finn We had Finn Balor dry humping the floor. Yep. And then throwing Finn Balor... Or Finn Balor throwing Finn Balor. Uh, Finn Balor throwing Roman Reigns in there, breaking the ring. Reigns has spear. It's the one. demon, guys. Oh, my God. He went full Super Saiyan. This Fuck. was stupid. Oh, my God. What? What? What is they this? They ruined the demon. What is this? Hell and Cell 2019? Here's my thing. Never do this ever again. The, 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 the demon is done. This was not the demon. No. It was bullshit, whatever it was. Fuck you, McMahon. Fuck you, Pritchard. This was not the right call. The demon should have been... If Finn Balor was going to lose as the demon, give it the respect because guess what? Top draw right here. Yeah. Finn, Finn Balor... Reigns, Reigns did not need that. No. Why? I was like, oh, this was to save the demon. <laughs> Don't put the demon on there. Unless he was going to win or lose clean to your obvious top draw with Reigns. That's fine. Samoa Joe beat him clean. Yeah. Why couldn't Reigns? Like, oh, he did. Yeah, but with some bullshit. Yeah. Samoa Joe beat him within the context of the match. Yeah. This did not happen in the context so of Samoa the Samoa Joe is more of a man than... This ruined... This match. This ruined this potentially awesome match. It was a good match until you're absolutely correct. Demon, demon, demon. Last five minutes. Demon, demon, Finn Balor, ruined. Roman Reigns, ruined. Well, we knew he was going to win. We all knew that. Now he's facing Lesnar. Yeah, we all knew that Roman Reigns was going to win this match. Then why have the demon? Right. Why have this match in general? 
Why well, do you back yourself into a corner? Roman Reigns has been wrestling too much. He wrestled on SmackDown. Then he wrestled twice, twice on Raw. You know and why? Then he, and, then, and then he wrestled on SmackDown again. You know why? Because that's the only draw that these fuckers have. Stop. You need to stop. Reigns is an attraction at this point. You give him money to wrestle. He is Brock Lesnar level. Right. He is that way. And honestly, with everything that you do with him, that's how you should have it. Right. Do not have him facing Montez Ford, even though it was a good match. Do not have him wrestle on Raw twice and win twice. I don't care if he wins. You know what that means? The rest of the roster doesn't matter. Right. No one else matters in that roster. You got a roster full of great wrestlers, and you don't utilize them, and that is why Finn Balor is going to fucking AEW once his contract's up. That is why you're going to lose Kevin Owens. That is why you're going to lose Sami Zayn. You're going to lose them because of this you're gonna fucking lose, bullshit. You're going to lose Cesaro. You're going to lose all these people. You know why? Because you're giving Roman Reigns two or three matches a week. And there's nothing and, wrong. And, and, how many, how many, yeah. and how many times has Cesaro been on in the last month? How many times? Bum kiss. Yeah. He's never been on. Yeah. So, so fuck it. Cesaro, go to AEW. Go. Right. Because I don't care. If they don't value don't, you. They only value this guy. Yeah. And that's not Roman Reigns' fault. Roman Reigns is crushing it as a heel world The only champion. reason that they're giving Roman Reigns this credit is because he is fucking related to The Rock. That's it. That's it. That's all I care about. I think you're wrong. It's blood money. That's all I care about. I think you're dead wrong. Roman Reigns is that good. He always has been, and he, now he has the gimmick to prove it. But the problem is, is that they're investing so much in Reigns, and they want him to wrestle all the time. At the expense of everybody else on the roster. Because they're trying to compete. Yeah, they are. When you're behind the eight ball, you try to compete with right. the people who are beating and, you. And, and before people at me with the fact that AEW's roster is gigantic, which I understand, I agree. AEW's roster is gigantic. How many, how many times has Kenny Omega actually wrestled in the last month? What? Twice? Because Kenny Omega is a fucking world champion. Right. And guess what? How many times has he actually defended the title? What? Zero other than the match at All Out? Right. That's exactly what you want. But, he but, feels but, like a champion. Right. And guess what? The other match that happened was a debut of a dream match that everybody wanted to see. It right. wasn't even for the title. Right. It was just a dream match. This, with Reigns, should only wrestle a handful of times like right. Omega. You guys were doing it right yeah. up until last week. Yeah. Where Reigns came out every week. He didn't have to wrestle. He didn't have to wrestle. You know why? Because he's already established. He's the universal Champion. He doesn't prove him to anybody. Finn Balor should be wrestling Cesaro, Seth Rollins, Edge, Chad Gable, the people who you. I mean, fuck. I mean, fuck. Bring the Usos out. Have one Uso wrestle one match, and the other Uso wrestle the other match for Raw. Right. Hello. And have like a Cesaro. Jimmy, Jimmy, and Jay Uso have a Cesaro or a Finn Balor have a whatever. Beat them, and guess what? You build that. They built Cesaro really well against Reigns when they face each other, and it was a really good match. But then Cesaro lost, and he hasn't been on TV since. Yeah. It's like, what the fuck? Why didn't you capitalize on that obvious great match? They didn't because they're like, oh, this is a really good match for now. Fuck you. Again, WWE's all about that short. Oh, my God. 
Um, I wouldn't have done anything differently, maybe other than emphasize the injuries more so the Street Profits oh, can God, face the yes. Usos again. Maybe maybe a bullshit finish would have utilized this a little bit better. Yeah, I would put the roll finish on this one. Oh, you know what we haven't done? Um, because since this was an Extreme Rules, let's go through. What Extreme Rule would you have given this match? I would have given this no disqualification submission match. Oh, that'd be an interesting one. Yep. Okay. With this one, tables. Yep, tables match for this one. No, um, no, actually, no, no. That triple threat match, I would have done a ladder. You would have done a ladder. I would have done a ladder match. I would have done the tag team match between the Usos well, and... Well, well, no, let's let's go through it, and we'll talk oh. about it as we go. So let's talk about um, Alexa Bliss Charlotte. That should have been like a... a uh, a playhouse match or right. whatever. A, a, a little bit of gimmick, but yeah. no disqualification. Exactly. Great. Uh, this one, honestly, I feel like... It wasn't extreme enough. I wanted more extreme. I wanted more extreme. Also, no interference from the Usos. I, I felt like that ruined that the match. Either. Yep. 100%. So maybe Steel Cage, but I feel like that would have limited it. Hell in a Cell, Cell, maybe? I don't know. Extreme rules, no interference. That should have been a tables match. This should have been the tables. percent. Oof. That would have been a fucking amazing tables match. Absolutely. So anyway, that's another problem. Why? This is extreme rules. Have extreme rules for every single match. Um, with this one, uh, I feel like it was appropriate on the pre-show. This shouldn't have happened at all. No. But if they wanted to do something with this, if they really... Now, here's, I would have I done... I would have done first blood. I would have done that too, or or a last woman standing. I think so too. Um, maybe I would have done that for one of the women's title matches, but I feel like a first blood because a lot of it was emphasized on the face. Oh, that's true. Yes, I feel like that would have been more appropriate with oh, this yeah. because and then and then build it really nice. This could have been a really good thing to establish a really good. Contender. Oh yeah, first blood would have been a great match for that. But also, not only that, but this that kind of match, and if they built this really well, other than three weeks, not even three weeks. Two weeks out mm -hmm. before the actual match itself, really build this mm -hmm. to that first blood, establish a new contender for Lynch. Morgan wins, goes against Lynch, it makes sense, mm -hmm. and then we're off to the races. Yeah. Once but, again, this shit's—is this shit really that fucking complicated? No. We 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 talk about that in not only three minutes, but buzzed in three minutes. Come on, I could be blindly God. drunk. And figure this out. Anyways, <laughs> this mat, this this whole pay per view. We oh, um, let's okay. So we don't have the graphic for it, but let's talk about the six man tag. Oh, okay. Um, honestly, would, honestly, it was already kind of dis it already kind of was a notice qualification sort of thing, anyways, just because of the nature of the match itself. I really wouldn't have done anything differently yeah. with the match. Um, I thought maybe a little more emphasis on the AJ Styles. Omos versus um, Kofi Kingston and Woods yeah. would have been a little bit better. But the thing with Lashley and Big E was really good. You can tell there was blood with that one. Oh, yeah. So I wouldn't have done anything differently than that. So with that being said, we're done. Peanut Gallery, what are we doing next week? So next week, we are going to be doing another one of our famous series. This will be a special Saturday episode. Because there are no pay-per-views this next weekend. We're also, also going to be mother... recording it and putting it up on Saturday, yes. not on Sunday. Yes, so special Saturday episode. 
Mothership's going to be in town on Sunday. There's no pay-per-views. It just makes sense. I'm sorry. Right. It just makes so much sense for us to do it. So stay in tune for that. I'll post um, that It is going to be It's going to be another one of our series. What makes the perfect brand? We're talking Raw, SmackDown, Dynamite, uh, NXT, Impact. Like, right. What makes the perfect brand work? Right. So... Stay tuned for that. So uh, become a patron, and there will be links to everything down below in the description for a lot of cool stuff. And also subscribe to the channel wherever you're listening to this on. You guys have been great about subbing and commenting and sharing the word, which has been great for the show. And um, follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And as always, be majestic.